Hey there, it's your girl Andrea Griffin Rogers. Don't you think it's high time to wake up to some healing? To be revived from brokenness to wholeness and from pieces to peace? Well, I do. So come and join me at the Can I Get a Favorite podcast. Enjoy it. Hey, everybody. How are you today? I pray that this message reaches you in the best of spirit, health, and good energy. You know, um, Today's Can I Get a Favor podcast moment I'm so happy about because this is my 21st episode. Praise the Lord that I even got this far when I didn't think I could do it when I wasn't sure how I was going to get it done, because this is all new territory for me. God said, don't worry, I got you, just trust in me. And so I'm so glad that I trust in the Lord to help stir me and stir my faith through this process. I tell you guys all the time, I can't teach you anything that God has not dealt with me about it first. And so just like today's favorite moment, God dealt about this with me, and he helped stir my faith in this area and help me grow through this process. And so today's favor moment is can you allow God to take your lonely heart? Because a lonely heart cries the loudest. I'm going to say it again. Can you allow God to take your lonely heart? Because a lonely heart cries loudest. Before I get even any deeper into that, let me pray. Spirit living God, I thank you for this moment, this opportunity that I get to share with my brother and sister in faith. I pray that this message flows, Lord, and falls on good ground and good soil so that it may produce good fruit, Father God. Take away any fears, nerves, or anxiety that may try to come up or come against this message. Lord, take away any confusion or chaos that may be going on in the listeners' Um, area, Lord, Heavenly Father, so that they may hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Father God, use this moment to grow us up, to strengthen our faith, to give us clarity, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and to reveal to us more of who you are. This I pray in Jesus' name. Get all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Okay, guys. So, I wanted to talk about this today, um, actually because of just reflection a lot of the messages recently have just been based off of my own moments of reflection with the lord and what he's been doing in my life and so i started to reflect on my past Job wilderness season i told you guys i'm in a transition i'm thanking god for allowing me to get to this point of transition but when um when I was in the Job Wilderness season, I lost a lot of people, not just people that died. That's what started the Job Wilderness season. But there were also just people that left my life, friends, relationships, um, et cetera, family that just kind of distanced themselves from me. And it was very, very painful. And the culmination of all those people leaving left in me a place in my heart, a hole in my heart that I had not dealt with. And I believe God used it for a purpose. He allowed the people to leave my life in order for me to face something that I had been running away from for a while. And that was loneliness. I did not like to be alone. And so if I couldn't be with my boyfriend at the time, 
because uh, I'm single now. If I couldn't be my boyfriend at the time, then I would find a friend to hang out with. If I couldn't find a friend to hang out with, then I would go hang out with my family. Like it was always just somebody because I did not like the feeling of being alone because loneliness came with other factors in my life that I had to deal with and address, but I didn't want to do the work. I didn't want to face that. I didn't want to deal with that problem. I didn't want to deal with that pain that will surface from me being alone. And so I would fill my days up with stuff. I would fill my hours with people, my having phone conversations, texting people on the phone all day, scrolling social media, going out and shopping, shopping online, traveling, um, you name it. I just was filling my days up, my hours up until it was time to go to sleep. And even then, when it was nighttime, I still needed something to lead up to me going to sleep. So in, in my, my my hours at night needed to be filled up with watching TV or uh, texting or typing on the phone um, or uh, just doing something, just being a busybody. I needed something because I did not like the silence that alone time brings. Because when there's silence, you feel like your mind's playing tricks on you. And sometimes the enemy will use that silence to attack you with negativity. But God will also use that time to reveal some things in you that you need to work on that needs to be changed in your life, that needs to be addressed in your life. There are things that you have been running away from that you have not wanted to heal from, you haven't wanted to face. You haven't wanted to have the hard conversations. You haven't wanted to deal with the problems. And so God is saying, this is the time I'm telling you is to stop, to face those things that you don't want to face. And for me, there was a lot of pain in my past that I kept running away from. I kept suppressing. I kept throwing it in the closet because I did not want to deal and do the necessary hard work. It would take to heal from those painful experiences. And so I kept trying to ignore them and block them out by filling up my days and my time with stuff, with people, with things and places to be. And so when I entered into my Job Wilderness season, that opened up a door that I was not ready to face. But God said, you're going to face it anyway. <laughs> OK. And so everything shut down. I mean, God allowed every opportunity, every open door to just suddenly close and lock. There was no way I can get in. I didn't have the key to open the doors, nothing. Because God is the only one that has the key. It says it in Revelation 3, 7 to 13, that God is the only one with the key to open the doors. And so since I didn't have the keys to open the doors, it was locked, it was closed. And I had no nothing else to do, nowhere to go, but to just sit and be still. And many of you faced that when it came to COVID. When COVID first hit the entire world, shut down. And the world shutting down, that meant that there was nowhere to go. There was nobody coming over your house. If you were doing uh, the COVID protocols the right way, then you weren't having anybody coming over your house and you weren't going anywhere. So, and you couldn't travel nowhere. So you had nothing to do but to sit there and face you. And sadly, there are some people that just could not do that. And so they were throwing the towel and they committed suicide. There's others that went stir crazy, as we say, 
and they started to disobey the COVID protocols and they were going to people's houses anyway or they were, you know, doing local travels anyway. They were finding loopholes around God saying, stop, be still and face the problems I'm telling you to face. And so thank God that when he did what he did for me, it came before COVID. So when COVID hit, I wasn't going crazy not doing stuff because I'd already had years of experience because my Job Wilderness season started in 2014. So I already had a couple years prior to that, five, uh, six years to just be still anyway and not go anywhere, not do anything, not travel, not shop, not none of those things. You know, and God revealed some things to me about my loneliness. I had to realize that my heart was crying out louder and louder and louder, echoing to people how thirsty I was. Because, see, to us, we don't feel like it's echoing loud. We don't feel like we're setting thirst traps or we're being thirsty. We don't feel like we are. We, we think we're managing our problems well. But if you guys hear a lot in my podcast, I talk about how you're bleeding where you're going because you have not healed from what's hurting you. You have not faced what's challenging you. And so you think you have because the day went by or maybe one day you caught a tear and that's it. But there's still a longing in you. There's still an echoing, a remnant in you that says, I'm still here. I'm still broken. I'm still in pain. And all you're doing is just piling on things and activities and places and people on top of it. So it's being buried, but it's not gone. It's just being buried by everything else. You know, I was watching a show, as I started saying earlier, I was watching a show that kind of stirred these reflective thoughts. And in the show, it was a woman um, married to a man in healthcare, and her husband always is working. To maintain their wonderful lifestyle, her husband was always working. And so they left her home alone with the kids a lot. And so she felt lonely because her husband was always working. And when he came home, he was tired and didn't have time for her. So she expected then in turn, well, since my husband is not here filling the void, then my friend should. And so then she started to have problems with her friends and was upset with them because I expected y'all to be here for me since my husband wasn't here for me. And they were like, well, we, we kind of had other things going on in our own lives and we didn't know that you needed us in that way. But the problem isn't them. As she's pointing it to other, everybody else, the problems aren't them. It's inside. When we're lonely, that's an issue we have to deal with inside our own hearts. It has nothing to do with somebody else. And that's something that the Lord had to show me. It's not about filling your days with other things and people. There's an issue inside of you that you have to face of why you have a problem with being by yourself. Why you have a problem with the silence that comes from being by yourself. What are you so afraid of? Because there's something that you're afraid of that you're not willing to face. So you're trying to fill it with other people. People that can't sleep alone. Because I used to be that person as well. Who felt like I had to always have my man laying by me. No. Especially if it's not your husband and they weren't my husband. Think of the Samaritan woman uh, in the Bible, which is in John chapter four. Go read it. You know, 
it's not about always having a warm body next to you because a warm body can be next to you all day long and you'll still feel lonely. One thing I learned about in COVID as well is that you can have, and I say COVID, but even before COVID, you can have a house full of people and still feel lonely. You can be in a party filled with hundreds of people and still feel alone because that is something in your heart. There's a longing, a thirst in your heart that you have to deal with. You have to face. And so that was something that I didn't want to face. And clearly with this particular person in this uh, storyline, she didn't want to face it either. Now, when it comes to marriage, I'll do a sidebar real quick. When it comes to marriage, yes, that's supposed to be a a union between two people who are becoming one. And so God says in his word, let no man separate what God brings together. Because two become one. And so part of the problem, yes, is her husband. He's neglecting the first ministry, so to speak, that God gave him, which was his family, his wife. He was neglecting that, which then in turn made his wife long for other things and people to fill the void. And so she would turn to partying and drinking and 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 playing sports and, and just whatever else she could fill her days with because her husband wasn't there. So yes, part one is your husband is dropping the ball, sadly, because he's giving more time to his external ministry and not the internal ministry of his home. But then there's still number two, which is kind of bigger than number one. Why do you feel alone? Like I said, her days are spent with her children and even her friends, but she still felt alone. Because there's something internal that you have to deal with of why you feel so alone, even though you're surrounded by people. That's something that I had to do. And what I found was that there was a deep, a deeper hole of me missing the Lord. One thing about my Joe Wilderness season that I'm so appreciative of, excuse me is that it allowed me to stop, be still, and dive deeper into my faith. I said I'm a a believer in Jesus. I've been a part of his church my entire life, but my life was not completely reflective of his leadership. He was my savior, but he was not the Lord over my life. I was the Lord over my life. And so my life reflected my flesh. It reflected the chaos. It reflected the things I was hungering for. But it was not reflective of the Lord. And so that was something that I had to look at in my loneliness. I'm lonely because I want more of the Lord. And once I started to dive deeper into the Lord, not just um, praying to him and talking to him, but reading and studying his word, praying, Lord, help me understand what I'm studying and reading but then also being silent to listen that's why i said god can use that silence as well the death of night can fall on good ground and not deaf ears when we allow god in to speak to us when we silence the noise around us god can speak in that moment this brings me to my next example. Um, I heard a story 
very recently of somebody I know who did a cross-country uh, journey. They were traveling from California to Atlanta. And on their journey, prior to their journey, they had been praying and fasting and wondering why they weren't hearing from God. They were also doing a lot of traveling and working and whatnot, so, and social events, but they still kept praying, like, God, I want to hear from you. I need direction. I need clarity. Please speak to me. Uh, Holy Spirit, please reveal yourself to me. And so the opportunity came up for them to do a cross-country trip. Now, they had two options. You could either fly or you could drive. Or with a third option, could we not go at all? So they nixed the first option of flying. So the second option was either drive or not go. Well, with everything piling up against them and their busyness, they didn't feel like going at all. But there was an echoing in their heart that said, no, you need to go. And so sure enough, doggone it, they went ahead and went. And as they were driving, they had reached a stretch of Texas. And in that area, all of a sudden, the radio went out. And it's a brand new car, but the radio went out. And the Wi-Fi stopped working. And the cellular service was sketchy. And so they weren't able to call. They weren't able to stream any music. They weren't able to play. Uh, the music is already downloaded on their phone. Nothing. Like, everything just basically kind of went shot. And so they started panicking. Like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? Like, I need, I need music. I need this. I need, like, it's just noise. It's just silence now. There's no more noise. And you know what? Once they stopped panicking and took a deep breath, they heard God say, finally, I got your attention. Now I can speak to you. And, and of course they laughed because they were like, oh wow, I didn't even realize God wanted to speak to me. But you have been praying about it. But because you filled your days and your nights with so much noise and chaos that stuff and people bring when we fill up our schedules, God could not get a word through. But because now it was complete silence and there was nothing else they could do but just drive, God was able to speak to them. And they felt so much better from that moment with the Lord. They got so much clarity and revelation from the Lord because they were finally able to embrace the silence, the stillness of the night, so to speak. So when we're feeling lonely, we have to look inward and not outward, not look at external things and people to fill that void, but look inward and say, what is wrong inside of me that I'm longing for? And God helped me face that. He will help you face that challenge. He says in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, for I am gentle at heart, and the burden I give you is light. He will also give you rest for your souls. But you don't know that if you keep going, 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 doing, 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 filling your days and your times up with schedules and plans and people and things. Because you don't want your lonely heart to keep crying. But it's crying the loudest anyway. And I don't mean this just in the sense of tears falling from your eyes. You could be bleeding, crying out as you're going about, not even realizing it. I, years ago, um, I had watched a conversation with several men and they were talking about how they under that, how they saw women who were thirsty. And by them dissecting 
women who they um, saw who were thirsty, who were setting thirst traps, as it's called, on social media. It helped me understand the same principle for women. We, as women that are listening today, and some of you men know the thirst traps, so I don't need to go into deeper to that. But women, we know when we see a thirsty man. You know when you see a man that's just dying for attention. He, you know, back in the day, they used to call them pretty boys. The pretty boys who just want attention, who just want you to admire them and 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 whatnot. We see them a mile away. Same thing goes for men. Men see a thirsty woman a mile away. And when you're thirsting, you think that you're okay. You think you're you're buttoned up and you're not showing this thirstiness. This thirstiness isn't oozing out of you. But there's an aroma that you can't see, but they smell. They smell your thirst coming. So while you think you're polishing it up, your heart is crying out. When you think that your friends, your children, your family members, your relationship that you just want more and more time with, you need to take a look at why you want more and more time. Why you can't be alone. There's something in you that is thirsting for other people to fill the void. You have to become so desperate for your heart to be healed, whole, and set free from this thirst. You know, I talk about the Samaritan woman, um, but in talking about her, it makes you think about Jacob in Genesis 32, verse 22 to 32. Um, Jacob talks about, or the text talks about rather, how Jacob wrestled with God. He was, he was, uh, he had left his uncle Laban with his wives and his cattle and all the riches that he amassed from working for, for his uncle. And he was going to his brother Esau's hometown or their hometown where his brother Esau was still living. Now, if you go back into Genesis, Jacob wronged Esau by stealing the birthright. And he stole the birthright. Granted, Esau gave it up, but he did it in a manipulative way that caused Esau to give it up. And so he feared that Esau would want revenge, which is why he stayed away from their hometown for so long and worked instead and, and slept on the land of his uncle. Well, he wanted to return, but he was afraid that Esau was going to come against them. And so while he was on a mountain, he fell asleep. And in the midst of him falling asleep, in the middle of the night, he starts wrestling with a man. He doesn't realize that it's actually God. It's an angel of the Lord that he's wrestling with. And so as he's wrestling and fighting for his life, so to speak, before dawn breaks, the Lord hits the hip of, of Jacob and wounds it. And so before the Lord leaves him, Jacob says, oh, no, no, no. We ain't been fighting all night for me to not get a blessing. I need a blessing. You have got to bless your servant after this fight. And God does. He not only blesses him, but he also changes his name from Jacob to Israel. And that's where we get the Israelites from. They are the children of Jacob. And so I said that to say because when you go on this journey of realizing why you're so lonely and thirsting for people and attention and things, to fill your days up because you can't be alone. And there's a difference between loneliness and alone. Alone is being able to enjoy the company of yourself, being able to enjoy the silence of the Lord, 
and the conversations that come between you and him. Loneliness is a longing, a thirsting for something that is missing. And so you have to figure out where you are. Are you really lonely or are you just alone right now? But either way, God still wants you to dom- to be dominated in the present of him. He wants your days to be filled up with him, more of him. Because when you fill up more of your days with the bread of life and the water of life, you are no longer thirsting for other people. You're no longer thirsting for things. I taught about it before. Jesus is the water, the living water of life. God's word is the bread of life. The breath of life is the Holy Spirit. See how all that clicks the Holy Trinity? When you fill your life up with the Holy Trinity, you are no longer thirsting. You're no longer hungry and and lonely for the people and things of this world because you're so full off of kingdom, off of God and his will and his word and him, period. You have to get to that point in your life where you stop chasing things and people, your agendas and schedules, and you're willing to stop and go to the Lord and say, what do I need to do in this moment to be filled up from you and not man? And so I wrote down five practical steps that you guys could take notes on for yourself to help you start this process. Number one is be honest with yourself about where you are. If you are not honest with yourself, if you do not identify where you are right now about whether you are alone or lonely, you cannot heal from what you're unwilling to address. If you can't be honest with yourself, who are you going to be honest with? So be honest with who you are right now and where you are. When you're honest with yourself, then you can start to identify the areas and problems in your life. So start with, number one, being honest with yourself about where you are. Number two, once you do that, write it down. Write down where you are. Writing it down gets it out of your mind and makes it clear on paper of where you are and the challenges that you're facing in your life, the areas in which you are feeling lonely, the areas in which you are thirsting for people and other things. Write it all down. What are your void fillers when you're lonely? What do you turn to when you're feeling that loneliness come up? Are you turning to food? Are you calling up somebody? Are you calling an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend? Are you reaching out to your kids, bothering them all the time? Are you reaching out to your pastor all the time? Like what, what are your void fillers? Are you scrolling on Instagram for hours? Are you watching dozens of TV shows and movies that are not stirring your faith and teaching you something? What are your void fillers? Number three, pray to God about your list and your loneliness. God will never put more on you than you can bear. And so if he's pulling you away, if he's echoing in your heart this message that I'm speaking today, There's something stirring you that says, this is me. Oh, wow, that's the word for me. Then it's God saying to you today that you have some void fillers that you are filling up and avoiding me. I'm trying to fill you up so that you won't feel lonely anymore. 
Stop going to those void fillers and turn to me and pray about it to me so that I can make the changes necessary in your life. It's going to take partnership as well. God's not going to just start a work in you and you don't have to do anything. You got to do your part as well to address the areas in your life, those void fillers that are that you're using to avoid loneliness. Number four, rip up your list and wait on God's response. Now, I know you're like, Andrea, you just told us to write the list. I know. But once you're done writing the list and you pray about it, rip it up because you don't need it because God's going to work on you first before he starts working on everybody else. And even while he's working on you, he may start working on them, but you won't see the result because it's more about you. You're the one that's feeling lonely. So God's going to work on you first to deal and heal and become whole in him so that you no longer feel lonely anymore. Waiting on God's response is about his timing. You may get a response right away or that response might take some days, some weeks, even some months. Be patient. In the waiting process. And I'll do another message on that another day. But in waiting, we have to be patient and persevere, knowing that what we pray for, his promises are yes and amen. So when we ask him for it, it's a good and a God thing that he wants to do in our life to fill us up. So he immediately says yes. We say amen, but we have to wait. It says, and I believe it's Daniel chapter 6. When he prayed about something and he had to wait on the Lord. Or maybe it's Daniel 23. It's it's in Daniel, child. Go read it. (laughs) When Daniel prayed, but he had to wait several weeks before the angel got to him. And the angel Gabriel says, well, when you prayed about it, God immediately said yes. But the enemy didn't want you to have what you prayed for. See, the enemy doesn't want you to get free. So he's going to wrestle and fight with you every chance he can get. So you have to continue to be steadfast and persevere through the storm, through the challenges, through the fight, knowing that when you pray to God to fill your loneliness, God said, yes, I will do so. But you got to wait on the Lord's response. And then the last one is begin to do the work in your heart in order to heal from those wounds and feelings of loneliness. As I said before in the third part, which is to pray to God about your list and your loneliness, it's about partnering with the Holy Spirit to do the work. It's not going to be all on God doing the work in you and you have to do nothing. There will be things, even as I'm speaking to you through this message, that pop into your head that God said, you got to work on that. Yeah, I want you to address that. So in writing it down, it makes it clear and plain on paper what the areas are that you have been running away from and not willing to address. And then one by one, start doing the work that you can and the control that you have to do on that particular area and then allow God to do the rest. You cannot do it on your own. But in this moment of loneliness, God is your helpmate, not a person. So allow God to be your helpmate to heal you and and make you whole in him. Because once you become whole in him, you're no longer lonely and thirsting for other people and things. See, now at the place that I'm at, because I allow God to do the work, I'm no longer lonely And thirsting for a man or for friends to fill the void. And because of that, God has been bringing new people into my life. Because God's saying, whew, now you're ready. You've allowed me to take you into the dark room to do the work. 
And now I can reveal you to the world and bring to you the blessings I've always had for you. Because it says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for he knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us a hope in the future. And so since God knows those plans, we have to trust that when he takes us to the dark room, like a photographer does a photo, to process us, it's only for a season. Once the processing is done, the pruning is done. The work is done, then will be presented back out into the light. But you have to deal with and heal from what you've been running away from for so long. A lonely heart cries the loudest. You may not think that your heart is crying, but it is. Let God heal your lonely heart. And so I know today's message ran a little long, but. I want it to really help those who this message is for that really needs to start doing the necessary work to heal the wounds of your heart. Allow God's Holy Spirit to do a new thing in you and it will help you become a new, better, healthier, healed, whole and set free person. I promise you it's worth the work and worth the fight to get your blessing on the other side. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord our God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. As always, I want to thank you for listening to the Can I Get a Favor podcast. We're just starting this new venture, and while new opportunities will come and help us continue to grow, your charitable donations and contributions helps keep this podcast going. Here are some ways in which you can give your seed. You can click one of the links in the description, or you can download the Cash app and find me at Andrea G's. That's Cash app at Andrea G's. And you spell that A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A-G-E-E-S as in Sam. Or you can go on to Venmo and find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. That's the Venmo app and find me at Andrea Griffin Rogers. And you spell that A-N-D as in dog, R-E-A-G-R-I-F-F as in Frank, I-N as in Nancy, R-O-G-E-R-S as in Sam. Thank you for your seeds and contributions. Take care.